Opinions expressed on ACB Radio are those of the respective program contributors and cannot be assumed to serve as endorsements of products or views of the American Council of the Blind, its elected officials, or its staff. Welcome to Speaking Out for the Blind. I'm Brian McAllen. WBZ-TV in Boston says that the Talking Information Center, or TIC Network, is a special nonprofit radio station for the blind and visually impaired in Marshfield, Massachusetts. 200 volunteers read poetry, magazines, books, newspapers, and perform radio dramas. The station has about 30,000 blind and visually impaired listeners in Massachusetts. TIC Executive Director Anna Dunbar, blind listener Richard Chapman, and new volunteer reader Paul Pesa joined us to talk about the station and how it's a special reading resource for the visually impaired. Hi, everybody. Hi, Brian. Hey there. Hi, Brian. Glad to have you all here. Tell us about yourselves. Uh, well, this is Anna, the executive director of the Talking Information Center. Thank you so much for having us. We all really appreciate it. Um, so I've been with TIC for over three years now. I spent the first two years as the assistant executive director and then came on board as the executive director this past August. Um, and I'm just very excited to be a part of this great organization, providing this great mission of bringing accessible information and uh, readings to individuals who are blind and visually impaired who might not have access to it otherwise if it weren't for TIC. So what's the mission of TIC? So we provide, um, our volunteers and staff provide human voice broadcasts of local news, articles, books, periodicals to our listeners who are visually impaired or otherwise disabled listeners throughout Massachusetts to promote independence and enrich quality of life. So we have about 30,000 unique listeners across the state of Massachusetts. We produce over 255 unique programs each week in our studios here in Marshfield, Massachusetts. And that's all done by our amazing volunteers like Paul, which we have 200 volunteers of each week. Yeah, so they do lots of broadcasts of local news, articles, and items of interest to visually impaired and otherwise disabled listeners throughout Massachusetts to promote independence and enrich the quality of life. Paraphrasing your mission. Let's talk about yeah, some yeah, that's good. Yeah, let's talk about some of the news that's on TIC. The volunteers read the Cape Cod Times in Hyannia, the Taunton Daily Gazette in Taunton, and the Boston Globe. All of them are in Massachusetts. Paul, what important sections and recognized columnists of these papers are read on the air? And why are these main news items? Or should I say key news items for the blind. So I would typically read the Cape Cod Times and the Worcester Telegram and Gazette on Mondays. I actually just got finished doing that before we uh, started this right here. So I try to pick articles that will be relevant again next week since I'm going to be reading once a week. So mostly local articles that pertain to the communities they might be a part of. For example, Cape Cod, I'll specifically target Cape Cod stuff as opposed to stuff that's going on on other parts of the world. So they, the listeners can be more involved in that community. That's very good. You're reading the articles that are going to go where the news for them will actually go on for about about a week, you know, so it stays current. Anna, let's take a brief break from the news and give us a brief history of TIC. How did your founders speak out to make the center a reality? Yeah, so the Talking Information Center has actually been around for over 40 years now. It was founded in 1978 by Ed Perry, who is the owner of a local news uh, radio station down here, WATD, based out of Marshfield. 
And at that time, he had heard of one or other two reading services for the blind um, in the country and found that there was a need for one here. And he had heard that other commercial FM radio stations were donating what's called their subcarrier stations to these services. Um, so he saw the need. He wanted to fill the void. He started donating his signal. He had found um, an individual, Ron Bersani, who's one of the founders of TAC as well. He and Ron... Um, you know, Ron came on board to become the executive director and was the executive director for the majority of TIC's existence so far. Um, and it started very small, just reading a couple of papers each week, very local, and just to people in the Marshfield area. And now, as I said, we broadcast not only all over the state, but all over the country through different affiliate systems. And we even reach some people in other, uh, other parts of the world as well. Now we're going to go back to the shows. There's also a couple of additional new shows called Foreign Affairs and Community Affairs. Anna or Paul, tell us about these shows and the information far and wide they bring to the blind. So really what we try to do is we try to cover the full spectrum of materials um, and points of view that any listener could possibly want or need. You know, our volunteers never editorialize anything that they're reading. They just straight read the material put in front of them, much like, you know, myself who has full vision. I can sit there and read the Boston Globe and I can read any part of the Boston Globe and form my own opinions on it. That's we're trying to give our listeners the same exact experience when listening to the different materials and programs. So we cover foreign news, local news, national news, right wing, left wing. But then we also do things beyond news. You know, we have... Uh, poetry and nonfiction and fiction novels, um, a little bit of everything for everyone just to, again, promote, you know, that enriched quality of life. I know that you mentioned no edi- editorializing, meaning you got to read it for word for word, right? Yes, that's correct. Do all the volunteers have their different reading styles? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I love that you brought that up because it's actually one of the most important parts of our mission. I'd say it's really the core of our mission is the reason why our listeners love us so much is that we have amazing volunteers like Paul doing the readings. It's not an automated voice. You know, it's not Siri or Alexa or the Google equivalent of some robotic computerized voice reading to you. It's the human voice. So to a lot of our listeners, they call and tell us that people like Paul, you know, he is their lifeline to the outside world. They love hearing his voice and our other volunteers' voice because they have those little nuances, you know, those things we love about each other, the little accents of the way we phrase things, you know, it makes them feel like their friend is in the room with them, you know, keeping them company. And, 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 and what I'm, I guess I'm though trying to get at is many of your readers probably bring their acting talents though. And some of their even news reading talents. I mean, has your agency ever even hired news anchors and reporters, local ones? Yeah, we have had a few people who have been professional readers, but actually what we love most is that the majority of our volunteers are, you know, amateur broadcasters. You know, these aren't people with extensive experience. They're just good people who want to come in and give back to the community. Um, So, yeah, a lot of them do express themselves and they, they take it very seriously. They, you know, they come in a half hour early to kind of prepare the materials they're going to read, go over it once or twice and figure out what they're going to read and how they're going to read it. And then they sit down and they, you know, and then they have at it. Um, But a lot of it, they do try to keep the way they read it pretty straight lines. That way, once again, they're not, you know, implicating how they feel about any given article based on their own personal feelings. Yeah. I know myself, I used to speak pretty monotone when I was first starting out. 
now I have a lot more character to the way that I read everything, but I do kind of keep a neutral tone as to what my opinions are of the article. So again, that we can allow the person that's listening to form their own opinion as I'm going. I think one of the best shows, though, on TIC that the volunteers actually create are the radio dramas. How yes. write and record the plays themselves? So the TIC radio and podcast players were a creation of one of our former volunteers who actually is now the director of uh, one of our affiliate stations down in the Cape, Audible Local Ledger. His name's Eric Joseph. Um, so he had this idea over a year ago because he was at the time directing uh, an, an acting company in the area. So what he would do and what we have continued to do um, with other volunteer directors is they pick a play, one of the classic radio dramas or any play that they think our listeners would find enjoyable. They hold auditions with our volunteers. The volunteers come in and audition. They get chosen for parts. They come in and rehearse. They spend a tremendous amount of time and it's donated volunteer time coming in to put on these spectacular plays that sound so professional. And again, these volunteers are more often than not, you know, amateur actors, amateur broadcasters, and they put their heart and soul in these plays to really put on a good show for our listeners. And we always perform them in front of a small live audience as well. So it's fun because those people in the room get to witness what it looks like to put on a radio play. And then if you're listening at home, you're kind of having a totally different experience, which is fun. All right. Now we're going to knock on Richard's door. Knock, knock. Richard, are you there? Who's there? Richard. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Richard who? Richard Chapman. Well, let's there talk you go. for a bit. How were you introduced to the Talking Information Center Network? And how did you sign up to well, your service? Well, um, what I I heard about it through a glass darkly for many many years because in the formative years of TIC, I was living in Columbia, South Carolina, where I had taken a 1980s style computer programming course, and I studied the different languages and. But when I came up to, what I mean by languages, of course, is like COBOL, Assembler, um, and so forth and so on. Um, hated the work, but I did work for a few years in Columbia, South Carolina. But when I was up visiting home, my mom had a neighbor. In fact, I knew the neighbor. God love her. She's, you know, may she may known her rest in peace. But she was a volunteer at the, you know, the Talking Information Center. I began to find out more about it. So I decided one day I'd go down and take a visit. Met Ron Bersani. I also had my first meeting with uh, Ed Perry, um, whom, you know, Anna had mentioned. And I was just kind of listening off and on. Um, now I listen on my laptop and I hope eventually to become good enough to have TIC on my iPhone. And um, I like it because the, the style, the reading style, a lot of the volunteers is very relaxed. It is just um, easy, fun to listen to. And speaking of the plays, the radio drama, just this last Thursday night, we had a performance of um, 
Bruce Tarkington, it was a radio adaptation of Bruce Tarkington's novel, The Magnificent Ambersons. And it was very, very well done. And um, I just... Uh, I just fell in love with it. And just the volunteers did a wonderful job. And there's a lot that TIC offers for listeners. Lots of, all kinds of shows. It's amazing. Um, of course, this uh, interview is going on ACB radio. Anna, does the Talking Information Center air any ACB radio shows? I hear rumors that they do. You know, I know we have a, you know, the majority of our content is produced in-house here in our Marshfield studios. I do know we have a handful of podcasts, and I, when I say a handful, I really mean probably up to five. I don't know if they're ACB-specific shows, um, but we do pride ourselves that the majority of our content is produced here in-house. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Brian, may I? May I? I, I mean, I want to interject a little bit. Sure. One of the things that um, TIC does offer, and I feel this is a great service, especially to those who themselves have become legally blind. This is a program called Mission Possible, and what Mission Possible does, it highlights different blind people, all walks of life. They could be National Federation of the Blind, American Council, they can be anything. But it, the, 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 the uh, purpose for Mission Possible is to highlight individuals, what they do, hobbies they have, the work they do, and anything that they feel at TIC would catch the interest of listeners. And I think that as a blind person, I think that this does give hope for those who maybe have just become um, legally blind. They want to know, what's out there for me? Is this the end of the road for me? It certainly is not the end of the road. And I think besides the reading of the papers and magazines, I think programs like Mission Possible, where blind people from all walks of life are interviewed, and I think it tells the listener, gee, there's uh, there's life out there. People are doing things. And maybe it just might encourage some newly blinded people to say, hey, there's an interest. There's something for me out there that I can do and, and, and take the ball and go do what they want to do. Yeah. And if I, if Brian, if you don't mind, I can, I can speak to that point yes. a little bit more, you know, so big besides just the actual reading that TIC does and our volunteers do. As Richard's mentioning, we do try to provide our listeners with the resources available to them uh, by shows, for example, like Mission Possible, which is hosted by our producer, John Shea, the amazing John Shea. Um, but then we also go out and cover various events and conferences, and we try to broadcast them live and pre-record different sessions. So, you know, these are by like nonprofits like ours or state services. So, for example, you know, we have the Massachusetts Commission for the Blind, and we try to go out and cover different events events and conferences that they're having so that if people can't get to those events or can't afford to go to those events, they're still hearing all that really valuable information. Because what we find more often than not when we go out and meet with our listeners is that so many listeners, you know, with a disability or just so many people with a disability, I should say, aren't even aware of the services that are out there available to them. And we're very fortunate here in Massachusetts that 
you know, we have so many to choose from and, you know, the state takes very good care of, of those individuals and a lot of them are free. So really we just try to get out there and get the information to our listeners. And Paul's, you know, Paul's an incredible volunteer because not only does he read the different materials here in house, but he also is very proactively coming out with us and helping us at these events and conferences and sharing the good word about TIC and, you know, informing our listeners that we're here for them. That's very cool. The radio state, the, the, the AIC really, really, really works for its listeners. Let's get back to Paul. How did you decide to become a volunteer reader for TIC? And how did you audition? How did the process work? Okay, so yeah, I'm Paul. I decided around Christmas time that I wanted to do some volunteering. My aunt actually inspired me. She's a uh, town treasurer, and she does a lot of taxes for her job, but she decided she'd also do some in addition for people that couldn't afford it for free, so she did volunteering for that. And uh, seeing her do that with what little time she had really inspired me to use my time, which is much more ample, to do some volunteering. So I looked online on some various volunteer websites, and TIC really caught my eye just because their mission is to connect people that otherwise might not be connected to the rest of the community. So it seemed like something I could be part of. As for auditioning, so I called them up and uh, told them that I was interested in uh, coming here and learning about the process and auditioning. I came here. They set me up with um, documents I could read from with a uh, variety of sources. So I want to say I read one storybook and uh, a couple different news articles. Very, uh, very different news articles, in fact. I think um, one was uh, heavily political and one was heavily religious. And um, they listened to how I executed the stories versus the uh, two different types of articles and decided whether or not I'd be a fit. Excellent. And they contacted you and you got the job. Yeah, since then I've had the privilege to uh, volunteer I want to say it's been around three months now, so it's been very educational. I'm very proud to be volunteering here. So, yeah, it's good all around. So if our listeners would like to hear, volunteer, or donate to TIC, what should they do? Sure. So, um, so listeners, your listeners can go to our website. It's ticnetwork.org. If there are people who want to listen to our programming, as Richard was kind of speaking to, we have so many different ways to listen, and that's because we know that we have so many different types of listeners, and we want to make sure we're accessible to all of them. So if you're someone who's very tech-savvy and you have all the latest and greatest gadgets, you can listen to us by downloading our free app on your cell phone, on your Android or iPhone. We also can now be heard on Amazon's Echoes through Alexa, so you can ask for Alexa, Play Radio Station Talking Information Center. And you can now also listen to us on your Google Home or your Google Home Mini device. And you just say, hey, Google, play radio station talking information center. Um, you can, we also have a phone number you can call in to listen. And then we also do have traditional radio receivers. So if these are, you know, individuals who aren't as tech savvy and don't have a computer and don't have Wi-Fi, they can call us. Our number is 781-834-4400, and you'll speak to one of us here in the office, and we can get your information. We'll just ship you out one of the receivers, and those are very simple because you just plug in and turn them on. There's no fiddling around the dial or anything like that. Just super simple. 
Um, and then listeners can also go on to our website, TICnetwork.org, and there's a big listen live button up in the uh, upper right-hand corner. As Richard was saying, that's how he listens. Um, and then if people want to get involved, if people want to, you know, volunteer or sponsor or underwrite or anything like that, be a part of our community and however they want to, they can just give us a call. Again, it's um, 781-834-4400, or they can email um, our general email, which is general at TICnetwork.org. Okay, everybody. We appreciate all of your hard work. We hope that the Talking Information Center informs and entertains the blind and visually impaired in the years in the long years to come. Thanks so much for joining us today. Oh, thank you. So thank you, Brian. Before we go, I welcome your comments on this program, listeners. Just visit and like me on Facebook at Speaking Out for the Blind, or follow me on Twitter at Speak Out Blind, or Speak Out for the Blind. You can also check out my website, that's speakingoutfortheblind.weebly.com. More information on today's show is posted there. Just look under the list of episodes and show news tab. My new email address is speakout at acbradio.org, and my show archive is at acbradio.org slash speaking dash out dash four dash dash blind. Please note that there is a link located at the top half of the page and below the heading that says Home Speaking Out for the Blind, where you can subscribe to the podcast feed and listen to Speaking Out for the Blind shows, ranging from episode 94 to the present. That's all for this edition of Speaking Out for the Blind. Thanks for listening, and remember to speak out. Here at ACB Radio Mainstream, we are always working to improve the quality of our programming. If you have any feedback about anything you have heard here on ACB Radio Mainstream, please let us know by sending an email to support at acbradio.org. That's support at acbradio.org. You are listening to ACB Radio Mainstream, connecting the blind community. we know the best choices to make? And when we look back over our lives, how do we know the choices that have most influenced us from who we have been to who we are today? Join me as my guests and I explore defining moments from there to here on the inside track. Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Eastern on ACB Radio Mainstream. I'm Debbie Hazelton. Do you use an iOS device? ACB Link connects members and friends of the American Council of the Blind with ACB Link. Access valuable resources. Get push notifications designed to keep you in the know about late-breaking news items of value to ACB members and friends. Easily and conveniently connect to the ACB state and special interest affiliates of your choice. Be informed and entertained by the programming available from ACB Radio's various channels. Play ACB podcasts on demand and gain valuable information that focuses on dealing with sight loss, whether you're facing 
facing vision loss yourself or have someone in your life who is. ACB Link is intuitive, easy to use, and fully accessible. Download it today from the App Store. Be in the know and enjoy what ACB has to offer through ACB Link. This is Alice Cooper for RADD. There's a lot of things we have no control of in this world, but that's not the case with drunk driving. If you're going to drink, don't drive. Think ahead and choose a designated driver. Remember, music lives on and so should you. Public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, RAD, the National Association of Broadcasters, and the Ad Council. NASCAR champion Bobby Lavani here with my brother Terry and my nephew Justin. You know, every sport has its essential safety gear. For racing, we wear helmets, fire retardant suits, and no Mex gloves. For fishing, waterfowl hunting, and boating, we wear life jackets. After an intense race, there's nothing more relaxing than bass fishing or a little duck hunting on the lake. But we're the first ones to tell you, on the track or on the water, accidents happen fast. In a crash, there's no time to put on a helmet. And when a boater capsizes or is thrown from the boat, there's rarely time to reach a stowed life jacket. But today's life jackets are lightweight and comfortable. Fishing or hunting, they don't get in your way. That's why you won't catch a Labonte on the water without a life jacket. Don't let us catch you either. Remember, you're in command. Boat safely. This message brought to you by the United States Coast Guard. For more information on boating safety, visit www.uscgboating.org. 